0: Listening to the Paul McGuire report, this is Paul McGuire. We have important information for you. We have data for you. In fact, we have more than data for you. We have metadata for you. And I remember doing debates on uh, Fox News Network. And at that time, those were really big networks. They are a little itsy-bitsy, teeny fraction of the size they were 20 years ago, where where the programs, when I would be on, like, O'Reilly's program, Some of the other top dogs, if you will, uh, on Fox, they would have 8 million, depending upon who was on 8, 12 million people. Now, that's a lot of people, nothing compared to what it used to be uh, a decade or two or three earlier. You know, once upon a time in America, many of you were probably not born, some of you were, but the way it worked in America, many of you remember this, you basically had three television major television networks in every market so like the Chicago market the LA market uh Dallas market so on and so forth so you had three major television networks they were the same wherever you went ABC CBS NBC okay then you would have the independent networks or the independent channels or or what was left over and you know I can only think back to to New York City where I grew up so we had channel 11 we had Channel Five, we had a few UHF channels. those are those channels that were like uh, they they drew in a lot of religious viewers and 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 uh, Hispanic uh, soccer games and stuff like that, but they didn't have a gigantic draw. so you had a couple of non-network shows that would show movies or uh, reruns or whatever and, and they got a sizable audience. but then you had the three major networks that showed up uh, everywhere. And those networks, again, were uh, CBS, Channel 2. In New York City, it was Channel 2. NBC, in New York City, Channel 4. And uh, ABC TV was Channel 7. Now, we have come a long way, baby, and, and many of you know what that mean, <laughs> means. And some of you have no clue what I'm talking about. So for those of you that, that are new to this kind of language, It's really retro language. It's reverse language. Those expressions came from the culture, the pop culture of the time. So, for example, um, the normal household that had a TV, and most households had a TV. First, they started out with a black and white TV. Once upon a time on planet Earth, they started out with a black and white TV. And then, uh, as it became more affordable, the average American household uh, the norm was to have a color tv with these ind- independent channels so that's the way it was now then there was cable television so that opened up you know dozens and dozens and dozens of available channels at at high quality resolution and they did that by by co-opting existing existing cable wiring laying down new cable wiring and and in and out of my business career and my marketing career, which which was always – the core of it was always uh, media-related uh, businesses, either media-related businesses directly or indirectly. Uh, so that could be – it was what it was. It was contemporary music, contemporary Christian music, promoting concerts, producing concerts, hosting and producing my own television shows. Being a regular guest commentator on the big shows on Fox and CNN, et cetera, and and interper- interspersed between all this stuff, the the landscape of the media kept changing radically. So so first you had this uh, barrage of, of new options in the form of cable television. Then they moved to the area where they began to to use a modified kind of very anemic, like very tiny satellite type TV. And so they would they would take a particular market like Los Angeles or Salt Lake City or, or Big Small or whatever, and then they would hook up these television broadcasting towers, and they would add about 10 or 15 additional channels, movie channels, pay-per-view, et cetera, et cetera. And that was the interim step between Digital and cable TV and what we have now. So then there was numerous revisions, as you all know, and then the internet came along, and then of course your cell phone and flat screen TVs and laptop televisions, and a revolution in in telecommunications occurred. The revolution was simply this: there were now almost an in, pun, no pun intended. There were now like almost an infinite ways, an infinite amount of ways to watch what you want to watch when you want to watch it. In fact, I would bet you anything that that little phrase that I just said, I'm scared to think about it actually, but but in all the different businesses and media businesses that I was in, where I was in charge of marketing and distribution and advertising slogans and everything else, this was really early in my career. And I think that that was a slogan for a big cable company. And some of you probably remember it and, and, and you know, you remember it today. Watch when you want, when you want to watch it. In fact, I'll bet you anything, even I don't bet, that that was an advertising slogan. Because that was the basic selling point. You can watch what you want. Your choices are infinite. Whenever you want. Watch uh, what you want, when you want. And that's why you buy this service. Now, what they didn't tell you, and I don't want to get off on a side note about this. So you have now you have all these choices. Now, the choices are exponentially greater than they've ever been before. So now you have, uh, for example, CBS. So not only do you have CBS, the CBS network, but you have a, a hybrid form of CBS where you can watch special pay per view episodic television programs or movies made just for the CBS audience. And now you have like CBS or ABC or NBC or Showtime or h b o or Netflix or Amazon, and then, under those umbrellas, it's like this infinite universe of uh choices between you're given the false freedom of being able to to choose from among infinite choices, all of which the choices that you're being offered are are putrid yeah you know, they are, they stink they're they're mundane, they're innocuous. Brain dead, and if you just glance at high speed at all the different so called options and choices, so let's go back to the lying advertising slogan watch when you want, uh, watch what you want when you want to watch it. Okay, that sounds great, but what are you talking about? Watch what I want when I want to watch it. The garbage that you're producing because it stinks the high heaven in more ways than one. Because when my wife and I or myself, but it's usually my wife and I when we're channel surfing, looking for something to watch. That's a you. You have probably experienced this, like we have, trying to find something legitimate to watch. You know, it doesn't have to be a Billy Graham film. It doesn't have to be Mary Poppins, but something that has some kind of redemptive value. Something that that it's, it's fine if it's entertainment or whatever, as long as it doesn't take you through the 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 epicenter of subterranean tunnels of depression and anxiety and and subconscious programming and and nihilism and, and blatant immorality and no morality. And it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. You know, it used to be you could hunt and peck and find something to watch. Now that's becoming more and more difficult as the weeks and months go by. So. My wife and I have settled on watching this particular episodic series, not because it's perfect, because it is not perfect. And I don't even want to give a hint or a clue of what it is. But this show was on for, I don't know, somewhere between 15, 10, 20 years. Very popular show. And at first, whenever I saw the male lead on this show, I would autopilot, I would change the channel because, you know, see, 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 this is an example of how Trivial, we can all be, including myself. We all have a fallen nature, including myself, and we can make trivial, mundane decisions that are not even really valid or worthy decisions. And every once in a while, the Lord will allow you to taste the fruit of your stupid decisions. So there was a particular actor, his face would always come on television in terms of the ads promoting his episodic series. And the, the guy bugged me for no good reason, by the way. There was not one good reason why he bugged me. I guess if I had to say anything, I felt like he was too perfect in his looks and his demeanor. So in my uh, function, in terms of pure prejudice, I arbitrarily decided that I just didn't want to watch anything that he would ever be in. And I never did. I never watched 30 seconds of something he would be in. Because I, I unfairly dismissed him as kind of a clone of, of every other TV show. Total biasness on my part. And so here's the problem. Years go by. I've seen this guy's face a thousand times. So now we're into COVID. And so I'm looking at more television than I normally would be. Can't stand 99% of it. I mean, it's like literally being strapped in. So I'm going to be graphic here. Sorry. It's just I get very emotional about this stuff because it's so repulsive to me. It's like getting strapped in your seat by the airplane uh, attendants. And uh, in, in my arbitrary flight of fancy into paranoia, uh, these airline uh, attendants are forcing me to drink all this liquid, which makes me want to vomit. Well, what that is, that, that little subconscious parody that I'm playing through my mind, is simply my, my, my subconscious mind uh, creating a mirror a mirror reality of what I like and don't like and what my choices are and what my petty and what my big frustrations are. So this whole deal with the mirror reality, mirroring my reality, had to do with the conscious and semi-conscious decision of whether or not to watch the show. And so at first I told my wife, no, I can't. There's no way you can get me to watch this guy. So anyway, we watched the show. It grew on us, and I found that I watched this the episodic series with, the, with hardly watching anything else, so since COVID, my my viewing habits, probably like yours, have radically changed because I, I have like cold turkey, you know, I've totally slammed the door on on the possibility of watching all t- kinds of potential programs ever since uh, the COVID. And so this one program which I never watched I find myself watching now. And I'm not going to tell you because it's really it's, it's partially embarrassing but you know like I I've watched like this particular episodic which is very popular. I've watched it so many times. You know, they call that binge watching. I've been binge watching binge watching this show and I can't find there's only a couple of other shows on all of television network Episodic, you name it on all these zillions of choices, all of which are which are vomit bags, in my opinion. The only thing I can find a wife to watch is this episodic show. And then I was talking with my wife. Why is it we keep watching the same series over and over again? Because that's what it's come down to. We're watching the same series over and over again. And we analyze the elements. of w- What was in this show that has caused us to watch it so much? It wasn't the most brilliantly directed show, the most brilliantly... Uh, uh, written show. It it didn't have like amazingly over-the-top Christian values. No. The reason we watched it over and over again was because out of all the thousands of choices that the networks and the entertainment industry has given us in terms of television, the overwhelming majority of the shows are filled with the promotion of every kind of immorality under the sun, every kind of ultraviolence under the sun, every kind of social deviancy under the sun, every, always pushing the envelope, always, instead of having good writers and good actors and good directors, they, they, they go to the Hollywood uh, default mode. I know because I was in Hollywood producing independent feature films for, for a long time and I know what they want, and I know what's said in the private meetings where they decide to pick up your series or pick up your your feature film or whatever. And they they have said it to me with their own mouths. They've said it to others. It's no surprise. They would rather have a script written according to some kind of formula, a formula which includes a certain percentage of gratuitous sex certain percentage of gratuitous shock value, uh, gratuitous pushing of the envelope in terms of breaking the social taboos, driving the social taboos farther and farther away from normal, and basically taking any particular thing in life and magnifying it and making it seem to the American public that that this new wave of hyper-immorality is... uh, it has now become the new morality, the new normal. So all it's all lies and illusion. Now the reason they'll do that is because they know that this is an easy sleazy. Good, I like the way it rhymes, because I'll remember it. This is an easy sleazy way to try to generate ratings, viewers, have people talk about your show. The easy sleazy way to do it is to simply use all the shock value bombard your audience with every taboo subject uh, under the sun so like deliberately have uh, a young male or female teenager or preteen deliberately have them in a family crisis where the only solution is for them to get a sex change operation and then of course the moral of the story is that the the family has to learn how not to be bigots and to be totally accepting of their son and daughter after they get the sex change operation. Okay? And this is this is the normal way of doing business. Now here's the problem with that. When your whole programming rests on uh, politics and, and flowing with the politically correct uh, perspective then then you're not you're not getting writers, directors, actors, producers uh, screenwriters, you're not getting people from that pool of talent who are truly talented, that are truly gifted, that truly know how to write TV or write feature films or write dramas or write episodics. You're not getting those high quality actors or actresses. You're not getting the high quality actors or actresses, uh, in any realm. You're getting the, the the sleazy writers and producers and directors, who who know how to craftily. Generate a big audience uh, by deliberately choosing these controversial breaking of social taboo tactics. And, and And so instead of producing quality writing, action, adventure, drama, narratives, and stuff like that, which are truly interesting and gripping, they produce garbage. But if you sprinkle the garbage with enough seasoning, which is the social taboos and promoting the, you know, that promoting, the virtues of getting a sex change operation. So you see how they flipped everything upside down? So, so that's why you have so much total garbage. I wanted to say another word, but I didn't offend anybody. That's why you have so much garbage being released from the networks and stuff, because they're hiring the directors, the writers, the actors and actresses that that don't have much talent. And so they cheat by simply using sensationalism, social taboos, Breaking the politically correct uh, uh, barriers of the culture, trying to generate all the shock and awe that they can in order to cheat and amass high ratings. That's what it's about, and it's been that way for quite a while. Okay, so this has been going on with television and movies and everything else. So now I have found, we have found that it's next to impossible to find, literally for me, and I'm, you know, hey, look, I, I. my tastes of films and TV and stuff are, are you know, let's just put it this way, I'm not Pollyanna-ish, and in, in what interests me, I'm just not. I'm sorry. Nor am I interested in, in defiling myself. But so so the, the the magnet they're using to to get to, to to bring in viewers is by is by breaking the, the social taboos and bar- barriers as hard and fast as they can. So with that in place, uh, it's harder and harder to find entertaining, good quality television films and movies. So we have been forced to uh, watch uh, some of these episodics that that have been on for seemingly ever. We've chosen to watch them over and over again in in a contemporary moment. And this is how it happened. Because of the stress of COVID, because of the social disintegration in COVID, we found ourselves kind of like subconsciously longing for television programming or films that, that portrayed, let's put it this way, that they portrayed the American values and the moral values of previous generations and time periods. Where heroes were heroes, whether they were male and female, heroes were heroes. Where virtue was contrasted with non-virtue, where integrity was raised up, where honor was raised up, uh, so all the things that I wrote this actor off for, for being like too perfect, I found that during the COVID crisis, I actually we actually wanted to watch this program because as it turns out, it was funny without having to be lewd. It wasn't a prudish program, but but it it was real. But it was a program that that at least it had a, a, a significant percentage of its content had values that we believed in, that had a worldview that we believed in, that, like things like the work ethic, things like if you work hard, you have an opportunity of making money, et cetera. It's not a guarantee, but it, it, it makes the statistics move in your favor. And so these are the, these are the values if you're watching a television program or whatever you want to watch something where the values that that are coming across the screen are values that you believe in, that you resonate with. And and they're Christian values, even though they might not wave a flag and, and sing hallelujah, they're, they're, they're Christian values. Now, our society, just a number of years ago, radically changed. It's like we were all driving in this car, which is a metaphor. We were all driving in this car, and, and, and some lunatic, Pushes the, the, the normal driver out of the driver's seat, grabs hold of the steering wheel, and completely turns the car, driving at high speeds, completely turns the car in a, in a totally wrong direction and drives in the wrong direction as fast as they possibly can. So that's what's happened to our culture. So now everything is chaos in the media. Everything is designed to corrupt, to destroy to psychologically batter, psychologically shatter, psychologically turn you upside down. Everything you see through the Internet, through the media, is designed to to what sociologists call, it's designed to deconstruct America. Deconstruct America is just a fancy term for tearing apart America through planned chaos and disintegrating America through planned chaos. because. This is a hard thing for many people that you know and many people that I know. This is a very hard thing for them to grasp. And by grasp, I mean it's a very hard thing for the majority of people that you and I know and talk with and interact with. It's a very difficult thing for them to, let's just use a a biological word, it's very hard for the average person to exercise what, uh, neuropsychiatrists call neuroplasticity, in other words, keeping your brain and your mind flexible, so your mind is not stuck, your mind is not frozen. Uh, having a malleable mind, both nutritionally and a malle- malleable mind in terms of being able to transform itself to meet new and daily new challenges, is an all-important feature to have. So. The critical thing here is that we the world that we live in is radically changing and we have now come to a place as a culture as a nation as a world where where probably the majority of people have been raised in an educational and media environment where they have literally been inundated with social engineering social engineering social mind programming scientific mind control propaganda hypnotic transformation, artificial synthetic creations of new normals, uh, very sophisticated psychological warfare, very sophisticated uh, psychological transformational techniques that have been embedded in episodic TV, in TV, in films, in talk shows, in news shows, in the educational institutions, in all of the most prestigious, so-called prestigious institutions in America, they have all been radicalized. They have all deliberately been through uh, the equivalent of Chairman Mao's uh, cultural revolution. Now, uh, it's important to understand the cultural revolution. Chairman Mao, of course, was the communist dictator of communist China, and he led the Chinese people in a violent, bloody revolution where they stole all the land and the property from the farmers and the hard working people. They stole all their land and property, and they radically, and by the, the barrel of a gun, they forced uh, wealth redistribution, just like hardcore communism will always do this. They'll, they'll take you to the place where they will, by pointing a gun at you and giving you a choice of you'll either be shot to death or you'll follow our new normal. They force the people to give up what they own, their land, their property, anything that signifies individuality. They take it from them, strip them of all their rights in the most barbaric way. And it's really a nightmare, and it's absolutely horrible. You know, let's not be naive. We have hundreds of millions of people in the United States of America, in the European Union, in all the Ivy League schools, and the other schools, they've have these people have invaded the church and the seminaries, and what they have done is that they have been brainwashed into believing in hardcore communism and into believing and practicing hardcore uh, uh, communism and Marxism and radical socialism, and so they forced the people to be. Totally on board with a violent communist and Marxist revolution. And in that process, these are elements that always emerge in a communist revolution. And they have always emerged in recent history in any communist revolution that has occurred. So, starting with the biggest and, and the first communist revolution in the world, that took place in communist Russia and was known as the Bolshevik Revolution of 1917 or the Communist Revolution. We must remember, as I point out and document in, and give details in my books, and as far as I know, I'm the first author nationally and internationally. I'm the first author that has highlighted and exposed perhaps the most volatile and dangerous truth about communist revolutions and communist propaganda at work anywhere in the world, and especially America. And I think this has come about because I almost was converted to communism when I was a radical in the counterculture at 15 years old, demonstrating with Abby Hoffman. And so they tried to sell me. The radical activists tried to recruit me into being a hardcore communist. But by the grace of God, by the grace of God, I saw through the lies, the deception, and the illusion of communism. In other words, I didn't buy it. I, I saw it for what it was. It was a, it was a con game. And so, what what I saw clearly about communism and Marxism was the entire communist and Marxist revolution was based entirely, 100 percent, on total lies, total deception, total propaganda, total brainwashing, total social engineering. The only reason communist revolutions actually uh, cause people to revolt and cause people to believe in it is because, first, they the com- every communist revolution, every Marxist revolution is built on a giant pile of highly sophisticated lies and deception and propaganda. And once they get the masses to believe the big lies in communism, Marxism, and socialism, once you get millions and millions of people to, to believe these if you were rational in any sense of the word, you would never believe these lies. They're just so outrageously lies. But if you have systematically dumbed down your population, and if you've deprived your population of any ability to to gather uh, data and to gather uh, uh, historical research, they could compare and contrast, or they could see for themselves just how ugly, just how monstrous just how hideous uh, humanist, secular, humanist, secular humanistic communism really is. So before we take another step further, I want to pause for a moment. And I want to speak to you directly. And I want you to hear me. And, yeah, you can write me off as arrogant for speaking to you this way and so directly. And I hope you understand that my motive is not to be arrogant. My motive is to get a message through to you, to equip you at a higher level so that you can effectively be used by the Lord, turn the direction of America around before it's too late. Because guess what? While the Christian church was sound asleep, while our government and our politicians have been sound asleep, while many of our, our governmental agencies like law enforcement, like spying, like Surveillance and stuff like that. Those organizations, decades ago, used to be vigilant in their in their offensive role uh, in protecting protecting society from the lies of communism. However, beginning a, a number a disturbing number of decades ago, the communist movement has penetrated and infiltrated not only the university system the school system. But law enforcement, intelligence agencies, uh, political parties, uh, grassroots movements, they have, the communist revolutionaries have uh, um, embedded themselves in every activist institution from labor unions to, uh, 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 you know, the global, the Great Reset or whatever. They've all been embedded by hardcore communists who who are, did, who are diligent in their planning, and their goal, listen to me very carefully, their goal is nothing less than the total destruction of the United States of America. That's what they have said in their own writings. That's what they have said in their own communist manifesto. That's what they said in their own Illuminati manifesto, in their books that they've written, the speeches that they've given, the movies that they've made. They have given out the message over and over and over again that they are all about a violent communist revolution, and they want to literally bring in a one world communist government, uh, a one world uh, system, a new world order with a one world government, a one world religion, and a one world economic system. That is their game plan. And the reason they have that game plan is they know that their road to total domination, their road to a total dictatorship. Their role to a total totalitarian state is when they get the rest of us to walk with them on the path to total destruction, commonly known as a communist revolution, a Marxist revolution, a socialist revolution. And so you have millions and millions of school children and adults, high school, university, advanced degrees, people who are now running the major corporations in America, people who have the responsibility for managing and directing the lives of millions and millions of people have all been hoodwinked by and indoctrinated by, and social engineering has been embedded into their minds and consciousness so that they have literally, literally, they have been programmed to, to see life through the lens of communist revolutionaries, to see life and America through the lens and through the bias of Marxist thought, communist thought, uh, the, the philosopher Hegel's thoughts. In other words, all the radical humanistic thoughts that eventually, by a kind of satanic inertia, the radical humanist thoughts which evolved into transhumanism, which evolved into uh, uh, communist revolutions, all under disguised names like socialism or progressivism or the green movement. Or they have all these pseudonyms for what are nothing more than communist revolutions. If you were to visit the average uh, uh, department of education that is running all the education, both private and uh, public. If you were to visit the, the various educational systems and educational departments in every major city, which, which means it's usually 100% liberal, if you were to visit all these educational departments in all these major cities across America, look at their curriculum, their classrooms, uh, look at what's really going on. Just don't be have smoke and mirrors blown into your face and walk away like some gullible fool. Uh, they, where, where they just told you what they, they wanted you to believe, and you believe it. you got to understand. you got to do research, and you've got to really understand what's really going on in terms of what's happening right now. Now, it began when I was a kid. It began when I was in grammar school. It began when I was in high school. It began when I was in college and in the universities. It was growing very fast. And when I say, say it was growing very fast, I'm talking about the socialist, communist, New Age, occultist, global revolution was well on its way in the 60s and 70s when I was a kid. Now, now when you visit the inside of the school systems where the parents are not supposed to look, you have actual, what, what is going on now, and I write about it in my books like A Prophecy of the Future of America, Volume 1 and 2. I write about it in Conquering the Matrix. I write about it in uh, the book I wrote with Troy Anderson, an incredible book, The Babylon Code, Power from on High, The Greatest Battle for the Hearts and Minds of Mankind in the History of the World. I write about all this interconnected and vast network of educators, of scientists, of technology people, of political people, of judicial people, uh, the legal system, law enforcement, and so on and so on. And what you find is every one of these sectors of society has been first philosophically penetrated, uh, uh, penetrated in terms of its leftist, communist, progressive, socialist worldview, and penetrated in terms of uh, a militant takeover of all these institutions and all the people who run these institutions. who who they themselves have been totally and thoroughly indoctrinated and programmed into hardcore humanism, hardcore transhumanism, and hardcore communism and Marxism. And so I have been in meetings. I have been in—this all began for me—remember, I was raised in an atheistic, secular, humanist household, existentialist household, and I was taught to think for myself— and not believe religion. Okay, so I was very biased against religion. But what was instilled in me by my parents, by my mother, God bless her, she's still alive, and my father, what was instilled in me was this, this ethic. And and I received, I believe, a far stronger uh, learning, and reading, and knowledge ethic. I received a very high level uh knowledge and reading ethic from my secular humanist parents and their friends from my uh atheist uh parents and their friends what i learned from my parents atheism and secular humanism and transhumanism i learned that you have to think for yourself you have to think independently it's imperative that you think creatively that you read books for yourself that you read books in general that you study in general and you simply don't and you are never never ever to simply take somebody else's word for what's true or what works or whatever you I was taught to question everything think for myself compare and contrast so that I you see this made me in a sense immune from ever being pulled into a Cult, or immune from being brainwashed or programmed to some kind of communistic system. because let me tell you something, because I was a secular humanist and an existentialist and an atheist, in high school and in college and the universities, there was there was that small percentage of youth that attended these schools. This is why a lot of my friends back then, their fathers or mothers were medical doctors, Surgeons, they were psychiatrists. They were uh, uh, in the creative industries. They were in the thinking and learning industries, and a an inordinate percentage of them also, uh, because of their humanism, they rejected Christianity. They rejected capitalism. They held to a utopian view of Marxism, communism, and socialism. And although my parents would never have ever said, oh, we're communists or Marxists or socialists, because basically there weren't. If anything, my father was like was like a combination between an artist, creative, independent thinker. But in the midst of all that, in the midst of a highly liberal environment, my father held to uh, very uh, much more conservative views, uh, the views of someone like the philosopher Ian Rand. Who who wrote Atlas Shrugged, which was all about the importance of the individual over the collective, and was a was a rebuke against communism. So my father was very much against communism and Marxism because he saw it for what it was. It, it was a totalitarian trap. And so I was taught to think for myself. So when they tried to recruit me, when it was Abby Hoffman, the radical activist, or Dr. Timothy Leary, the LSD Harvard professor. Uh, promoter, or or the uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest author, or many of the radical activist leaders that, that I encountered in my journey for truth, I discovered something. And that is, um, I could not accept their new dogmatism. I could not accept their communism and their Marxism. and And even before I became a Christian, and, you know, I just it was obvious to me that marxism and communism and socialism were were nothing more than sophisticated mind control traps or social engineering traps that communism and marxism and socialism that these ideologies what they really were this is what I decided and perceived when I was still in grammar school what I decided and perceived in grammar school was that That if you became a communist, a Marxist, a socialist, something of that nature, that was because you gave your mind over inadvertently to being programmed, to being brainwashed, to be to, to, to undergo scientific mind control. And that programming, that indoctrination is what that's the very nature of the essence that is the rocket fuel that causes communism, Marxism, and socialism to grow so quickly, exponentially. That's why wherever communism and Marxism is planted, it fails dismally. It leaves bloodshed, millions of people murdered to death, shot to death, starving to death, all your freedoms taken away. Nothing but a cold, sterile, dictatorial, uh, uh, top-down bureaucratic government. Every communist regime stripped to its bare essence, is a living hell on earth, where all your freedoms are gone. Welcome to starvation. No freedom, no choices, no individuality. You are a slave of the state. That is communism. You know, you can dress it up to make it look like Santa Claus, but it's not Santa Claus. uh, Communism is a brutal, is a brutal system of social takeover that actually if you 'll study my books, I was the first person to bring this to the forefront. You need to understand this when you 're talking to some babbling idiot, and i 'm sure you already have when you're talking to some babbling idiot who 's extolling the virtues of communism and Marxism, I can give you the intellectual ammunition to demolish their their pathetic and fragile argument in seconds and that 's it you don 't have to spend a whole lot of time arguing because you've you 've given them. A rundown, a psychological jujitsu or karate, where you just demolish them very quickly because you take the force of the stupidity by which they're trying to convert you, and you turn it against them. And we need to learn how to do that quickly and effectively. There is no excuse for the the, the children of Christian homes being sucked into the the vortex of, of deception because they they didn't they weren't around intelligent Christians who knew how to defend the faith, okay, so here's the critical thing here uh, the communists themselves, to this very day, and the communists themselves beginning with the nineteen seventeen Bolshevik revolution, they knew full well that all the American intellectuals and authors and all the American Writers and media people and all the American artists and, and college professors who were praising communism and worshipping communism while they were still American citizens in America, all the the most powerful communist leaders, uh like lenin and others, they would literally call in their communist meetings they would call all the American wannabes, all the Americans who, who, who were trying to start a communist revolution in America, all the big communist leaders called these naive Americans, this is the exact term they used, they called them the, quote, useful idiots. So the dictator Lenin and Stalin and the other communist dictators, they, in private, they called all the Americans who believed in communism they called those stupid Americans useful idiots. And what they meant, those are their words. It's a historical fact. And the reason they used the term useful idiots was because they, the communist leaders were basically saying these Americans are so stupid. They have all these freedoms and all these benefits in America, and yet they're willing to throw away all the benefits they have as Americans. And then they're willing to throw away their freedoms, their food. Their individuality, everything that they have in America that is good and that we don't have in communist Russia, the foolish Americans are such useful idiots that they're willing to throw away all the good things they have and trade it in for this nightmare political ideology known as communism or Marxism or socialism. And therefore, they label the Americans as the useful idiots to this day. Because you take Michael Moore, the the filmmaker, you take Al Gore, the green uh, uh, climate change man. When you take these people and name them by name and analyze their films, their documentaries, their books, their speeches, when you take a look at the message that they're sending out, people like Al Gore and others and Michael Moore and others, there is something very much in common with all of them. They all are incredibly stupid. They all have little or no facts about what real communism is truly about. And they all would fit perfectly into the description uh, given to them by the the communist leaders like the communist dictator Stalin and the communist dictator uh, um, Lenin. Those communist leaders called these American communists the useful idiots. And I would meet them at the University of Missouri, and I would meet them at demonstrations in Manhattan, anti-war demonstrations. And now, I hear what change agents that have infiltrated Christian schools, Christian high schools, Christian seminaries, Christian colleges, Christian churches. There has been, in the last five years, a massive, massive infiltration of Christian institutions, Christian churches, Christian seminaries, Christian religious training, Christian publishing, Christian ministries, there has been a massive, massive, massive inundation of of scientific mind control, social engineering, and sophisticated communist brainwashing that is all designed to sucker in uh, would be Christian leaders and to sucker in would-be Christian pastors, and then brainwash them into believing in communism, Marxism, and socialism with clever little hybrid uh, uh, political mergers like the hybrid merger of um, socialism with capitalism uh, created by the Frankfurt School Marxists, uh, financed by the Illuminati. And so these people are very dangerous because their intention their plans according to their own words and books which i read in college their intention and their plan and their motivation is is to ignite a full blown totally depraved ultimately totally violent manufactured crisis manufactured chaos their their goal their plan their dream their vision is to ignite america Into a fireball of communist, Marxist, revolutionary activity with riots and guns and murders in the street, with politicians being assassinated and toppled from their seats of power. They want to create such chaos in America. Please hear me, because this is the lesson of history. This is what the communist revolution has produced over and over and over again. And our time will be no different. Don't be fooled again. Their game plan is to ignite a bloody communist revolution in America. That's why they want to create race wars between African Americans and whites, whites and people from uh, the Latino community, to get every race to hate one another, a divide-and-conquer strategy, to promote uh, environmentalism and feminism and a new sexual revolution, You see, you have to ask yourself the question. Here's the basic question. You're sitting there watching television. You're walking around in this new normal pseudo-reality we call America. And what you are seeing and experiencing on a multiplicity of levels is a gross transformation of what was once America into this new Halloween-style America. And in this new Halloween-style America, people look like and behave like, and act like, they have these horrible monster masks on their faces, or they act like they're wearing these hideous and perverse Halloween costume costumes. And what's really going on is that, wake up. It's not Halloween. They have been so programmed, they have been so indoctrinated, that they actually believe that it's beneficial to them, that they will enter a virtual paradise and a new normal and a new great reset their their buzzword their transformational word is the great reset and the great reset is a is a mes- message that appeals to on one hand is it seduces and appeals to the rational so-called objective logical mind while simultaneously the seductive power and the mind control power of uh, uh an advertising phrase like The the Great Reset is designed to accomplish two primary goals at the same time. Number one, destroy the old America, the old order. Destroy it. Decimate it. And then at the same time you're decimating the old order of America, you now aim your guns at the, the old order that they used to call America, and now you are actively destroying the old order of America and replacing it with a Halloween-style, super grotesque type of new America in which people are dressed in Halloween costumes and the norm has become wearing Halloween masks. Now, if you say that's too out there, I don't think it's out there at all. Listen to what the young kids are saying in the, in the grammar schools and the high schools of America about the operations they want to get and why they should be free to get the operations and you should have to pay for them. You've got to ask yourself, how did such an egregious insanity, how did such a mind-blowing uh, madness and insanity suddenly infect hundreds of millions of, of students or school-age children, all the way from first grade to uh, you know university, higher-level education? What caused this massive brainwashing? It reminds me of this movie that was first made as a black and white movie, then it was made as a color movie, and it was this terrifying movie about how these, <clears throat> these alien invaders possessed the bodies of Americans and took over the towns and cities of America without anybody knowing what was going on. And yet they would just inhabit the bodies and minds of people, and then they established these... Underground networks of communication and planning, and it was a it was a very powerful horror movie because it delivered such a <clears throat> a message of warning. Well, that has that warning has to be applied to America. The what the Great Reset, the communist revolution, the Marxist revolution, even the fascist Nazi revolution. These are built on. On synergistic principles they're built on the delusion, the false ideas the the indoctrination uh, and the deception of these various humanistic and occultic ideologies, and their game plan is to use their ancient archetypical uh, but highly radical transformational Network or their transformational uh, methodology, where they pick any given society, every any given culture, any given religious system throughout human history, and once they identify which one it is, they go after it. And their goal is to totally take over that nation, totally take over that society, and totally take over uh, uh, the government and the institutions. Through scientific mind control, through occult and supernatural powers, through uh, uh, predictive programming, and an entire multiplicity or an entire arsenal of highly developed weaponized thought, weaponized conversation, weaponized arguing. And when you subject your average person to that repetitive social transformation, uh, techniques eventually you'll wear them down eventually that you will mold them and shape them into becoming uh, the distorted people that the enemies of God the enemies of the United States the enema, the enemies of of true wisdom and true knowledge they're all trying to facilitate the same thing and if if Christians were operating even remotely, if Christian the average Christian the average Christian church, the average Christian ministry, the average Christian educational system, if those Christian institutions were operating even remotely the way they were intended to operate, and by that I mean when you study the Bible, there are numerous checks and balances in the Bible um, <coughs> created by God, there are numerous spiritual accountability factors designed by God in the Bible. There are numerous danger and warning signs that God raises up in the Bible. So you see, the entire Bible is written by the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. God, whose infinitely wisdom understands that fallen men and women have this inner propensity to drift into delusion or deception, or spiritual darkness. Men and women will just naturally gravitate towards deception and darkness. And so the only way that you can be proactive against that, the only way you can be preventive against that, is to turn the direction of society, turn the direction of the individual, turn the direction of the church. So right now the church is in a modality that it's not supposed to be in. The church is not supposed to be adopting uh, what could be called a a theology of retreatism. A theology of retreatism can only come about when a growing number of Christians embrace a non-biblical theology of fatalism, a non-biblical theology of victimhood, of being defeated, a a non-biblical theology of viewing your destiny as that of a slave— Those are all violations of thinking with the mind of Christ. Those are all the opposite of what God is trying to teach his people in the Bible. The Bible, among many things, is a how-to manual, how to live victoriously, how to defeat the power of the devil and the demons and demonic institutions. So when you think according to God's Word, when you utilize God's principles, then you harness the supernatural power that God has available to you to totally turn the spiritual battle around. You become victorious in every spiritual battle, and that's what God, that's God's intention for us where we are right now in history. So once we recognize that communism is a demonic tool of deception, and in fact, if you really take a deep dive into the lives, the personal lives, of these communist leaders like Lenin and Stalin and Karl Marx, who wrote the Communist Manifesto, when you take it, Hegel also, when you take a deep dive into the lives, the personal lives, and the beliefs of, of these communist revolutionary leaders, what you discover is that almost all of them, their personal, private families, were deeply involved in the occult communication with demons, with Satanism. So you take Karl Marx, who who was the father of the evil Communist Manifesto. It turns out that Karl Marx was a practicing Satanist, and Karl Marx attended the satanic church of his sister, who was a practicing Satanist. So you find very much that at the very origins of communism, at the very beginnings of communism, it is not even remotely neutral about religious belief. Communism flows directly out of Satanism, and that's why there are so many communist leaders. That when you look at their family lives and their their sisters and brothers, et cetera, you continually see this pattern of of a satanic communism uh, emerging out of their lives. And so, who who was it that financed the communist revolution that that has killed through communist china and communist russia the communist revolution collectively killed you know something like 400 million people the number is hard to come by because they keep changing the number because it's so horrific so the people who financed the communist revolution who paid for it the people who benefited the most from the communist revolution was a group called the heads of the new world order Who are now called the globalist elite, they were the ones that financed communism and Marxism. The globalist elite, who are also known as the Luciferian elite, the globalist elite are the richest and wealthiest families on planet Earth. The globalist elite represent only 1% of the population of planet Earth. But the globalist elite, even though they represent only 1% of the population of planet Earth, The globalist elite own and control all the rest of the 99% of the wealth on planet Earth, and they own and control all the 99% of the people that are left uh, in the world. So just 1% of the world, the Luciferian elite or the the globalist elite, they own and control 99% of the world, and they own and control 99% of all the people on planet Earth. And this is what I explain in my book, and it, it amazes me that I have never heard this argument put forth before. But I will prove to you in my books if you'll read them in succession, and you, you can speed them. So, for example, if you take the day the dollar died, you take a uh, prophecy of the future of America, volume one and two. You take um, the greatest battle for the hearts and minds of mankind in the history of the world, and then you take. Um, the matrix, and then you take uh, power from on high. What you will read in there is the mind-blowing truth about how a secret elite, Mystery Babylon, that began in ancient Babylon at the time of the Tower of Babel and in the ancient Pharaoh God-King system with the Pharaohs being worshipped as gods, these ancient super-civilizations were the launching pads for a totally dictatorial, um, globalist and Luciferian dictatorship that will dominate the entire world and control all the people on planet Earth, as well as control the entire world. And this is the ultimate goal of the children of Satan, who, who are hiding among us here on planet Earth and are hiding among us here in the United States of America. See, you never hear anybody talk about this, because this, in essence, is the unspeakable. The secret, the open secret that you have to know and that you have to master, this open secret is, is understanding the enormously powerful ramifications of when you acquire true biblical knowledge, will, which will impart into your life true biblical power. You will no longer be a slave. You will no longer be a victim in this life, in this society, to the degree that you become somebody who aggressively pursues biblical knowledge, biblical understanding. If you pursue biblical knowledge, you will receive, in every area of your life, authentic biblical power, and that's the power to transform and the power to be victorious. Now, time is running out, because we are all aware of the fact that in the background of our lives, in the background of current events in history, there is a biblical or a Bible prophecy timeline. In other words, God, because he has so much love for his children, that's us, God has given us a, a grid, a blueprint, a roadmap, if you, if you will, of where society and the world came from, beginning with Adam and Eve, where society is going, uh, like in the time period we're in, then God will introduce uh, major important truths in the Bible, such as when Jesus Christ talked about the signs of the times, and that meant that God promises to give us supernatural and yet visible signs of the times in the heavens and in the skies, that will alert us to the fact that we're in the last days and that the coming, the second coming of Jesus Christ, is drawing nearer and nearer. So God is giving us an emergency, heads-up alarm about the fact that the second coming is drawing closer and closer, and God is continuing to remind us in, in the last days before Christ returns, God is continuing to remind us that he has given each one of us a special and unique uh, mission to accomplish here on planet Earth. We are not to sit idly by and do nothing while souls are stolen and not allowed to enter the kingdom of God. And so what God is calling us to do is he has given each one of us a mission, and he's given each one of us the supernatural power, the supernatural knowledge that we need, to win the spiritual battle. So the way we win the spiritual battle against Satan, and, and when I say Satan, I'm talking about the biblical understanding of Satan, that once upon a time in human history, there was an all-out, and there still is, an all-out spiritual war between God and Satan. And God created, among numerous other creatures, God created uh, Lucifer or Satan, God created the fallen angels, God created mankind, and God created Lucifer or Satan, um, and Lucifer or Satan, they were the highest level of fallen angels that there that, that could be. In other words, Satan was the highest ranking fallen angel, and Satan, though, had a problem. He lusted in his heart that he wanted to be God. Satan wanted to be God. Satan wanted to be worshiped as God. And so in the Old Testament, we read that Satan has launched a revolution against the biblical God. Satan has launched a revolution against God, um, human beings that are following God. And Satan has coerced and seduced one third of the fallen angels to join him in an all out battle against God, so that Satan can initiate a coup d'etat against God, and Satan can use his demonic angels and his fallen angels, Satan can use them to to have a revolution against God and to organize a global system, a global new world order, or what the Satanist Alistair Crowley calls the new aeon, or new eon, A-E-O-N it is the plan of satan to create a new era or a new eon in which satan is worshiped among men as god and and so satan's goal in our lifetime and he's been at this for for centuries satan's goal is to overthrow the rule of god and install satan or lucifer as the god of this world and it is satan's long-term goal to take over the the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem, seat himself upon the throne room of God, and rule and reign planet Earth as God, while he sits on the throne of God in the rebuilt temple of Jerusalem. And this culminates the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. When Satan makes that that evil move to take over the throne room of God and to rule and reign planet Earth, uh, through a coup d'etat, through a spiritual revolution, this appears like Satan has won his final victory. But what is going to happen instead is that God will prevail against Satan. Right when Satan is making his all-important chess move, God will uh, outwit Satan. And in the last days, which is coming quickly upon us, Jesus Christ will return to earth with the armies of heaven. Jesus Christ will come to the earth uh, in what is called the second coming, along with all the um, angels from heaven and all the armies of God, along with Jesus Christ, will, will come back to earth at the Valley of Megiddo, which is the geographic territory in, in Israel where the battle of Armageddon will be fought. And the Bar- Battle of Armageddon will be this all-out spiritual and physical dimension war between Satan, Lucifer, the fallen angels, the demons, the principalities and powers, all the fallen men and women who have accepted the mark of the beast, all the, the armies and nations uh, were ruled by, by fallen leaders, all of mankind that are fallen, all of the fallen angels. They will be in an all-out war in the battle of Armageddon and when they see Christ returning in the heavens along with the armies of heaven and they see this cataclysmic battle between the fallen angels and the angels of God then then Christ will return to planet earth and he will return to the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem and at Armageddon Jesus Christ will destroy the antichrist the false prophet the fallen angels all those who have received the mark of the beast, they will all be overcome by the Lord Jesus Christ at his second coming, and then they will be sent uh, temporarily into God's supermax, which is the lake of fire. So all those who followed Satan, the fallen angels, Satan, the false prophet, all of these beings will be sent into the lake of fire, and then after the thousand-year millennial reign of Jesus Christ, um, Jesus Christ will bring into to reality the new Jerusalem, the new heaven, and the new earth. And then mankind, all of mankind that has been saved, all of mankind that has put their faith in Jesus Christ will get brand-new glorified bodies, and they will live in a authentic and genuine, 100% verifiable New heaven, new earth, and new Jerusalem. In other words, the very paradise that mankind lost, because Adam and Eve lost paradise when they rejected the word of God, that paradise that they lost, known as Eden, the Garden of Eden, uh, are also known as planet Earth before the fall of mankind, that will all be given back to everyone who, in a spiritual, legal sense, is a joint heir with Jesus. And all those who have put their faith in Christ as their Lord and Savior, they become joint heirs with Jesus. And as joint heirs with Jesus, they are the guaranteed inheritors of all the blessings and the wealth and the power and the position and the authority that is due to Jesus Christ as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. It will be divided appropriately among all of God's people. And God's people, the elect, the supernatural body of Christ, They will be the recipients of this massive inflow of blessing in the last days. Now, this is heavy stuff and it's going to be beyond description. So, where are we to take that? Where where we're to take that is understanding that fundamentally what we're in, in the final battle for is a battle between truth and deception, lies and the truth. So, right now in America, you and i are we have been placed by almighty god in america and the european union and every nation on planet earth whatever continent you live on on planet earth you have been placed right in the middle of the spiritual battle and god has equipped you whether you realize it or not god has supernaturally equipped you to be victorious in standing your ground and winning the spiritual warfare in the very location where God has placed you, because God has placed you in that location. He's equipped you to be victorious in that location, because God chose you before the foundation of the world to be here for such a time as this. Now, let that truth, the awesome power of that truth, minister to you now in the name of Jesus. So, I'm going to say the truth again, that you were called before the foundation of the world, to be here for such a time as this. So that means everything you could possibly need, God has equipped you with. You've been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. You've been filled with power from on high and the spiritual arsenal you need. And in fact, you have been equipped with everything you need to be victorious in this last day spiritual battle. I just want to encourage you for a few moments as I say those words to you, and as I said those words to you, that God knew you before the foundation of the world and called you to be here for such a time as this, and the fact that God has supernaturally equipped you with everything you need to be victorious in this spiritual battle. Allow the power of that truth to settle in your inner man or inner woman. Now, what I mean by that And I'm asking you to take a baby step of spiritual growth. If you've never done this before, I'm I'm encouraging you to do it. So right now, at this moment, I'm asking you to step out on faith and totally embrace with your will and your being this truth. That God knew you before the foundation of the world to be here for such a time as this. And that God has already supernaturally equipped you with everything that you need to be victorious in this last days battle so i'm encouraging you to to allow yourself to experience to an overwhelming degree allow yourself to experience the overwhelming inflow of the spirit of god that god will pour into your inner man or inner woman and he will saturate you simultaneously god almighty will saturate you with his holy presence with his power, with his anointing, and with his covering. So, right now, as we're in Koinonia, we're, we're, we're fellowshipping together about the power of the Word of God. As we're doing that together, I'm asking you to allow the Holy Spirit to be poured out all over your life. Allow the Holy Spirit to rejuvenate you in every dimension. And allow the Spirit of God to, to infill your inner man. And then allow the Holy Spirit to to be poured out like rivers of living water. Allow the Holy Spirit to be poured out of your life into every environment, every place that, that you are in contact with or that you interface with. And then simply breathe in and breathe out. Take a deep breath and let the peace of God that passes all understanding guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So what you will experience as you keep your eyes on Jesus is that Jesus Christ will personally infuse you right now, as you keep an open heart, Jesus Christ will personally infuse you with power, supernatural power from on high. And so you can feel it in the subatomic structure of your being. You can feel like a zillion microscopic particles of energy. I'm talking about particles of energy that light up with tremendous life force and energy, particles of energy that are beyond things like bio-photons and electrons, etc. Allow yourself to experience receiving power from on high, and allow the Lord to energize every cell, every aspect of your physical and spiritual being. Allow God to plug it in, so to speak to his infinite power source, which is power from on high, or the dunamis dynamite power of God, and allow God right now in the name of Jesus, in a truly biblical sense, allow the Lord to electrify your body, soul, and spirit. Allow the force of the Lord, the power of the Lord, glory of the Lord, to emanate out of your inmost being, and allow the power and the force of that external pressure on on your external reality that's manifest by your simple prayer to the Lord Jesus. Allow the power of God to, to press back any counterfeit conceptions of reality and be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And then as you do that, you're experiencing what I'm experiencing right now, which is I'm experiencing very cogently and very coherently I'm experiencing the peace of God that passes all understanding and guards my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So you move in the flow of that power, supernatural power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. You move in the flow of that power. In previous times, people might have labeled that move in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But I'm not here to pick apart words, but to simply exhort you to choose to move forward in your life energized by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, to the degree that you'll make the decision to move in the power of the Holy Spirit and to move uh, in response to power from on high flooding and filling your body, to the degree that you're willing to obey God and do those things, you will discover delightfully that it is to that degree that you will see with your own eyes you will literally see with your own eyes the exponential expansion of the glory of God, the power of God, the wisdom of God, the creativity of God, knowledge of God. You will see those things emanate from your inner man or woman, and you will know that you know that you know that incredible changes, incredible transactions, incredible transformations in the balances of power are being rearranged and reconfigured all around you, inside your inner man or woman, and where you interconnect with every other part of reality, such as, well, I don't want to go into physics and all that, but you as a being, a living being, you, by the, the creation of God, interface with all kinds of reality. So I'm exhorting you and challenging you to Allow the power of God to fill you, and then as you move through this life doing what God is calling you to do, you reconfigure your reality by moving in the power of God and so when every Christian chooses to do this and every Christian by the way has already been given the power to do this on a micro or a macro level. This is forget about what you're taught in in, in, in Christian churches where essentially you're brainwashed into a form of unbelief, which is what the Christians were brainwashed into prior to Adolf Hitler taking over. The name of of, of what God wants you to do is he wants you to be open uh, to the power of his Holy Spirit. He wants you to draw down the power of his Holy Spirit. And to the degree that you do that accurately, you can see... Incredible reconfiguring, incredible changes and transformations happening in your world, in your nation, in your society. And this is the way it works. And it's not any more complicated than this. So if you say you can't do this or you're too busy for that, then I would simply challenge you to look in the mirror, as I have had to do, and ask yourself the question Are you really being the man or woman God wants you to be? Because we all have an assignment, we all have a, mi- a mission. The thing is, is that God wants us to be faithful to that mission. So, you choose to operate under the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you conduct your daily activities, your, your assignment, the mission that God has called you to do, when you're busy doing the things that God is calling you to do, you will see a principle in your life released to the degree that you're faithful and actually doing what it is that God has called you to do and what God has trained you to do, to the degree that you're actually faithful in doing that, in a mathematical percentage sense, your exponential growth, your uh, being given new land to benefit from, new land to occupy, your uh, ability to be a candidate of God's supernatural blessing in every area of your life, your ability to experience deep and lasting meaning and fulfillment in life, all of these things begin to come to fruition with the power of God. They come together in fruition, and you become, and here's where the teachings of the kingdom of God interface with mathematics and interface with the spiritual laws of the kingdom. And this is what I want to share with you the final and perhaps the most important truth. As you move out in the power of God, as you choose to fulfill your mission in this life, as we've just discussed, to the degree that you do that, to the degree that you do that with excellence, and to the degree that you do that strategically, it is to that same parallel degree that you will experience a kind of mirror effect so in every measurable area of your life if you measure that by a mirror that is showing you a reflection of exactly what you're doing how you're doing it and what are plus or minus the practical results or lack of practical results that are occurring in other words you're walking in a place where it's it's perfectly obvious to you that in addition to what you're doing out of faithfulness to to the mission God's given you, that you can measure to the degree of your faithfulness, you can actually measure to the same degree just how quickly God is blessing you, God is increasing you, God is granting you wisdom, God is raising you up, God is giving you the power to overcome many different things. All kinds of blessings and doors are opening up in your life. Why? Because you have been faithful. In the other realms of doing what it is that God called you to do. So, you keep moving forward, and as you do that, you are placing yourself, and this is what obedience is. Obedience is not some old-fashioned concept. Obedience is simply, using more contemporary words, obedience is simply when you synchronize with your body, soul, and spirit, with your being, With your inner man or inner woman, with your body, soul, and spirit, when you synchronize yourself as a child of God and you line yourself up in that synchronization into the obedience of God, and you walk in that, you walk in that synchronization to the obedience of God, if you will walk in that, what you will find is that you are walking step by step in a never ending and constantly escalating position of renewed spiritual authority, renewed spiritual power, and renewed spiritual wisdom. In other words, in its totality, you now have the victory to be everything God created you to be. There's nothing that you have dreamt about. There's no vision that you've entertained that is godly in nature. I'm talking about stuff that is generated by God. There is nothing that is going through your mind generated by God. All of that stuff that is going through your mind, your heart, your soul, and your spirit That has ultimately been generated by God is the same force and power, the dunamis, which is energizing you to complete your mission and assignment. And what God is saying to us as church in the last days is we would not be, you would not be, I would not be where we are in space and time and in this particular year in human history. We would not be in all of these locations simultaneously if it was not for the fact that God primarily has a mission for us and a calling for us, which is both eternal and supernatural. And to the degree that we will obey that commission by faith and walk out in obedience by faith, to the degree that we're willing to do that, is to the same degree we will sow and we will reap. We will experiencing the benefits of inheriting and taking the promised land. So in the middle of all that we have a lot to rejoice over and for. In the middle of all that the globalist elite the luciferian elite they are all going to be crushed. You understand? This is not a a plea for uh, some kind of immature losing of the temper or some some kind of immature scorekeeping. That's not what this is about. This is about speaking the truth in love. This is about being in synchronization with God and then this is about the ultimate total transformation of your life in that the power of God enables you supernaturally to do those things that you could never, ever do by your own mortal human strength. So on that note, I exhort you to go for it, sync up with God, and together, that means me, you, and others who are walking in unison in the power of the Holy Spirit, let's take back the land. So I need your help. As the Spirit of God is ministering to you and strengthening you, which He is. Ask the Lord how much you can contribute or donate to Paul McGuire Ministries in Paradise Mountain Church. And whatever God tells you to do, simply obey him. Whatever God tells you to do in signing on to our e-blast list, our social media, do it, because with your help, we can break the evil rigging mechanisms that that are designed to, to destroy us. And then finally, ask the Lord what you can do in terms of volunteering. Of liking our social media, following our social media, helping us to promote this message. This is a vital time, right on the precipice of where we are in history. What's happening in the invisible realm, there is a high speed preparation for the installation in our temporal reality, for the installation of a series of what could be called catastrophic mass crisis, mass chaos events that are socially engineered scientifically designed to, to create and generate chaos at as, as the highest level possible. Because that's Satan's ticket in. We can break that ticket by overcoming the power of Satan with the greater authority, which is the authority that Jesus Christ has given us, assuming that we will use it. So ask God what you can do and join with us. This is Paul McGuire. Visit PaulMaguire.us.